Hello, and welcome to the Passenger Podcast. So, this continues a series called Weekend War, and I am at I'm I'm at a another person's house, and ended up staying staying the weekend, and it's in sharp contrast to the previous weekend. There's calm, there's peace, and there's quiet. And it was, needless to say, terrifying. So I talk about that, my experiences, and also my healing in this series of episodes. There are a few moments that stand out to me and that I am more mindful and present of because of the work that I did beforehand. The fact that I got some things done before coming here, wasn't thinking about those things all weekend. The fact that I didn't bring my laptop and I didn't distract myself. And even the fact that they, um, there was no music or TV and that, That may seem somewhat, you know, strange or blah, but it actually was very helpful in remaining present and mindful of what was going on. Um, And it's weird because I thought not much was going on, but a lot of things was um, was going on at the time, a lot of healing. Both in both directions that I learned, um, the people I'm around, they also um, find some kind of peace or some kind of um, they they get something out of it as well. For me, expressing myself and that's that's kind of cool as well. So, one of the things that happened, and I'll try to. It might be in order, it might not, but I'll get the point across. One of the things that happened uh, was they like to drink tea, and I love tea as well. Um, And I was able to, and they have a lot of tea, a lot of different teas, and I was able to associate really good memories with one of the teas. I wasn't expecting that. Um, It was just, it was one of just those mindful moments that I don't think I even can really describe the significance of yet, but it was very important. When I saw that tea amongst, you know, nine other teas, it was, I remember you. It was, it was kind of a um, good vibes, to say the least. When I saw it, it triggered so many memories and so many um, so many good things. And it was just tea. And what that told me was, and if I can find that episode, it would be so perfect. I remember being in a really, really rough point and 
being down on myself. This was months ago, but being down on myself because I had no good memories to tap into when I needed them most. Even when I had the partly cloudy days, the days where the day, the depression and the anxiety weren't too, you know, weren't quote unquote too bad. And I would go searching for those memories and there were none. I associated everything with a bad memory. And obviously it took some work and a shift in perspective, but I wasn't making good memories by being in isolation. I was simply preserving all of the old ones and giving the old ones time to solidify and make their mark. And so as I'm making new memories, that also includes, and I'm making these new memories with a better perspective, it's triggering good memories that were probably always there, but I didn't have the wherewithal to see them and be mindful of them. And so with that being said, one of the other reasons why I often would be in isolation or would trigger my isolation is I would tell myself that the last memory, the last interaction was enough, that it's only going to get worse from here. So why even do it? And that came from, that came from a place of, the best way I can describe it, it actually reminds me of, it reminds me of work, getting a survey and having the perspective of, I started with a hundred, but now someone ruined it and gave me a bad score. So now, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to go to work and risk that I'm going to get another bad score. I didn't take the perspective of, let me see if I can work at it. Let me understand why I got a bad score. Let me try to work through it. I took it as, I don't want this to get any worse. This already feels bad. I don't want it to get any worse, so I have to run from this experience. That's the best way I can describe it. And after having the panic attack, which was interesting because... Um, I spoke to one of the people that I'm around and um, they didn't see it as that, yet I saw it as imminent danger. So it just shows the internal um, doesn't always, it's not always seen on the outside. They didn't, they didn't see me as having an attack. They didn't see that kind of, um, they didn't see that. But um, it's one of those things that I noticed. I noticed and was very mindful of and gave, my, gave myself the, the chance to be mindful of this time. 
that the tea brought really great memories. Now, with that being said, it went even further than that. I um, let someone else make tea for me. And this is actually a very interesting thing for a plethora of reasons. Number one, I wouldn't usually allow that. Number two, at that level of anxiety that I was at, I probably would not have, um, I wouldn't have had the, I wouldn't have wanted to make it myself and I wouldn't have wanted them to make it. So I just wouldn't have had any tea at all. And so in that moment, it was, yeah, sure. And then they suggested some other things to add to the tea, stuff that I am never, ever use on a regular basis, but I like the taste of. So there they go. They're, make, they're making the tea. And the pivotal part there was, okay, I let them make the tea and also tried it. And guess what? I really, really liked it. And I, it reminded me that the experiences don't happen if I stop at the panic attack. It was kind of that that experience never happened. I, that reinforcement of a positive moment did, would never have happened. Nonetheless, I have my tea. And that's a continued theme throughout my time here, which is very uncommon for me. Drinking what's being offered eating what's being offered. Um, I did that the previous weekend as well, but needless to say, it was um, not, that's not common for me. Because I'm, I'm, would come from a place of fear. What if I don't like it? Um, what if they see I don't like it, etc. I would be too worried about the reaction. And so that was something um, that was something I did unintentionally, but I'm so glad I did because I got to try new things and experiences but it's just very weird um that was not an intentional thing for me i just felt comfortable enough and receptive enough of it so 
Moving on to another experience was with, quote unquote, the dogs. Where I'm staying, they have two dogs and they are really big dogs. Um, They are considered pit bulls, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I'll talk about them more in depth in our own episode. But one thing that was great was that I got to interact with them instead of them putting them away out of sight. I made it very clear that I wasn't allergic or, or scared of dogs, but that I simply wasn't a dog person, as I say. <laughs> I wasn't a dog person. And so that could go in a bunch of different directions. But one thing that they did to make me comfortable was they let me know that one of the dogs actually has anxiety and they shared their personalities, the dog's personalities and what they liked, what they didn't like and how they, their behavior. And and it was similar to me as a person. I wanted to be able to say to people in my life, Hey, this is, you know, the depression, anxiety causes this and makes me behave this way. And, um, but I'm getting help, et cetera, et cetera. I wanted to have that moment for myself and seeing the dogs have that moment, you know, this is what they do. This is, et cetera. It actually serves as a really good blueprint for me to take and apply to my own life. Once I feel comfortable doing so, that's the key part. Once I feel comfortable doing so. Um, But nonetheless, that was a lesson learned from the dogs. And that came in handy. The following evening, the owners or, or the people I'm with, they left. And I was here alone with the dogs. And... Had that been our first interaction or had they spent the previous night locked in a cage or something, I don't, I don't even think they do that to their dogs here. But the idea being, had they, had we not built that rapport, that time alone with them may have been very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. And so we built that rapport and I understood them. I understood their triggers and maybe they started to understand mine. Um, one of the dogs, uh, the one with the anxiety, I think, um, I felt a calmness and I felt safe. And it was um, a really good feeling. And in, and ultimately, and, and I'll... I'll share more detail in a different episode, but it's ironic that I didn't expect much interaction with them, but I had just as much interaction with them as I did with the people, and I'm very grateful for that. Another moment that 
happened. Um, and I kind of touched on this in a in the previous episode, but maybe adding more perspective. Um, the way I was shown around the house and shown the entrances and the exits, but I wasn't really shown in at the moment what I thought, where's the place that I can feel safe? Where's the room? Where's the, where will, where will I sleep? And that ended up being something that was unintentional, but was very pivotal because more than likely I would have chose that place first if I knew where it was. But instead I knew, I knew like the common areas I knew. And so that's where I stayed and that's where I needed to be, to to be healed. This would not have happened if I stayed in, in the room and to myself. And that was a common theme at the hospital as well. I had this idea that I was just going to sleep myself into oblivion. And all of my problems would go away. But I had to actually go out there, fight. That had to happen for me to gather the tools that I needed. And so um, that that was something that stood out to me. That stood out to me because that was part of my healing as well. To take away, you know, like, like a, like a kid, when you take away their video game, it was part of my healing was to be present and mindful. And I would not have been present and mindful. I would have been away. Isolating in the way that I could away from home. And so that had to, it had to work in that order. It had to work in that order. And um, that also adds to the danger. That also adds to the danger piece of it, where I'm going to go isolate myself so no one, you know, I don't, heaven forbid, their bad memories or something happens. I did not, I won't be seen. I won't be part of it. That's um that's what I took from it. And so um that continued a process that that can throughout the day there were little things like that that would occur and um that gave me the confidence to try to build a different memory or try to build more without um, without that um, qualifier that it has to be a good one. Because it doesn't have to, what makes it good is what you get out of the experience. There's no such thing as a good or a bad memory. You either live or you learn, as they say. <clears throat> and so making that distinction that it's not about making good or bad memories, but it's about making the choice to make the good out of a memory 
that was a very important distinction to make. And so I bring that up because there was this, um, there's this desk inside of the room um, that I'm staying in and the the person told me about the desk and, you know, that I was welcome to use it and all of those things. And so later I felt the need to, you know, sit and write or just gather my thoughts. Now at that point I was comfortable. I wasn't necessarily running. I was comfortable and was able to kind of have a peaceful moment. And I went to the desk and it's kind of like a desk that flips open and, um, I just totally blanked out and tried opening it myself and it fell and in my mind it was broken. Um, and right away that triggered the fear. Um, and for me, the fear, I always make this distinction because Fear is different for people. It's not a physical um, thing for me. I don't think the person is going to be violent. I don't think they're going to um, attack me. It's more of how will they treat me now or what will they think of me now that I have made them angry or now that I have made them something. Thinking that I'm making people into something just like it's a choice for me and how I react it's a choice for them and how they react and it could not have happened under better circumstances and that person taught me that the desk fell and I felt this sense of extreme extreme fear like why did I why didn't I just wait for them to do it why this and um they're going to hate me and they're never going to get over this and um you know just beating myself up about making that decision and regretting that decision to open it why did I open it like I should have just waited it really wasn't that important um even though my intentions were pure, it wasn't, I didn't go to the desk and say, hey, I can't wait to break this or wasn't out of anger. I just wanted to sit and write. And this is what happens when I try to do something. It was all of those thoughts. And this is where this is not a drill came into play. I had to go to my questions. I had to go to my coping skills to get out of that moment and not spiral into another attack, which would have been fine if it did, but I had to get back to my coping skills and say to myself, okay, I'm not in danger. I'm not in danger. Go let them know. And remind myself, and I don't think I really said it at the time, but remind myself of um, being present and mindful. I'm not, I'm not a kid. 
another kid who broke a lamp. Reminding myself where I am, who I am, and I'm and being very present in that moment as well. That I'm around someone that I feel safe around and that I had an anxiety attack with the night before. Reminding myself of those things that I can talk to this person. And so they were, they were, you know, um, doing some kind of task outside, doing some yard work. And I let them know after they were done, I needed to talk with them. And I shared that I, I broke it. And I'll discuss further in another episode how that went, but that was a huge, huge step. It was a huge, huge step in my development and my coping mechanisms that I was able to talk with someone and not push them away. I would not have... um, I'm trying to think what I would have done in the, out of habit. I'm not, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have hit it. That's definitely not something I would have done. I would have told them, but I would have likely did things that escalated the situation. Even though they're saying, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I probably would have worked myself up instead of down that I, if I, if I were to have done that without the coping skills, without the healing, I would have told them, but it would have been more escalated and more escalated and let me, um, unravel and hope this, this scares this person enough. Reminds me of like, Reminds me of like a puffer fish or or like what whatever animals out there that do that that they they blow up hoping that that's enough even though they're really just scared and, and tiny or or meek but for survival they have to you know flash their fangs or you know um uh, a key, you know spray something just to get the danger out of their um, their space. I probably would have done something similar and made it so uncomfortable that either the person would have said, hey, I think you should go home or, you know, um, would have laid around and cried. There would have been some escalation to the emotion instead of healing. And one other um, moment, and I'll and I'll talk about it more in depth. But um, there's this the the puzzle. There's something called a diamond painting, and I worked on that for quite a while. And there was a point where, if you're not familiar with them, you know, definitely Google it, check it out. But you um, you use this tool that puts one dot at a time pretty much. There's these little pieces that look like dots and you slowly put them onto the page. And um, there was a moment where I got into a rhythm 
it was just became natural. It wasn't, it's not a natural thing at first. You kind of have to, you know, maneuver it and, and what have you. But um, there became a moment where it became effortless to the point where I ran out of the little dots to put on there was the only thing that stopped me from keep going, from, from going in that point. And um, that's how I'm feeling. That diamond painting was is how I'm feeling about my life. It's most of it is undone, um, unstarted. And I, like I, it's not even anything on the page, but I'm starting to put those dots on there, and I'm starting to see the picture come together. And um, it's motivating me to continue to put the dots together instead of worrying what could possibly go wrong. And I think the difference is, and if if you haven't seen a diamond painting, definitely check it out. Um, the difference is I, I know what, the outcome's going to be. I know my purpose. And the diamond paintings are set up. It has the picture. You already know what you're designing. It's not a surprise. You know, you see you're, you're literally just putting dots over the, the painting. And that's what I feel I'm doing now too. Putting dots over my established purpose and goals. I had to be very specific about those purpose about my purpose and goals for that to happen. It would have never happened um without that process. Would have never happened. And so um little dots at a time, one at a time, it's coming together and not worrying about if I'm behind other people, but putting together my own painting, putting together my own painting is what's important. So that's just a a recap of some of the moments that occurred, um, some of which I'll break down further, but just kind of like a total overview of things that happened and to reiterate them and to verbalize them. So that they stick and to give myself kudos for being present and mindful when I could have made this decision to run away and hide. So that is all I will say for now. As always, thank you for listening.